If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk and education. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email. You want to share your thoughts, opinions, feedback, your adoration and praise will also be accepted as well. Kidding, not kidding. That email Again, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We're on Facebook streaming this morning, and uh, we stream Hour 2 on YouTube if you want to catch Hour 2 there. And we will be um, actually working on streaming to multiple channels here both hours for the foreseeable future. I've just got to set up a couple things and test a couple of things on our end before that is... um, the case here, but we're not far from that. So anyway, today, today I want to talk about a couple of different things. I want to talk about, I want to start by talking about Elon Omar. And folks, we are in, we are in, I know that this is, uh, This may be a lot for some people. Don't worry, we're bringing some fun and relief today to this program as well. But folks, we are in, we are witnessing a political, an attempted political revolution. An attempted, you could even say, (laughs) you could even say a coup of sorts with, um, you know, folks wanting to radically transform this nation. I want to play a soundbite from Elon Omar explaining that. I want to talk a little bit. There's a conversation that Terry Crews and Don Lemon from CNN, a journalist, that's right, the journalist Don Lemon, who has told us in the past he's been accused of being conservative. Can you believe that? Don Lemon has been accused of being conservative by some <laughs> by some of his listeners. I guess that doesn't surprise me. Some of his listeners are so far to the left they don't even know what a conservative looks like, and that's certainly not Don Lemon, but nonetheless, Don Lemon and uh, Terry Crews, I want to share a bit of that that conversation, and then I want to get into some, some fun, uh, something that I had nothing to do with here, nothing to do with. I got an email out of the blue from a liberal named Doug a liberal named Doug, and uh, was sharing. He was sharing with me a bet that he had made with a couple of his conservative buddies, 
who listen to this program. I don't know if Doug listens or not, but I've gotten to know Doug a little bit through some conversations that we've had. And Doug wants to, Doug and his buddies want to bring in this program as they have uh, a little fun with, um, well, just with the bet. So I'll tell you about that as we get a little bit later into the program. But I want to start with Elon Omar. Folks, this is important. I we, we talk about this. We've we've shared this. We've gone into this sort of stuff before. So some of this I guess the overall theme of this, if you will, we don't do themes on this program. Sometimes they just develop because well, if there's a theme that develops on this program, it's because the folks that are creating the political narrative have created the theme themselves. They're the ones who are creating um, – well, that are creating some of this havoc and turmoil. And so it may appear that we have a theme because it's a coordinated effort by folks in their assault on the United States of America. So I want to play a soundbite from Representative Elon Omar from the state of Minnesota. She is on the steps. I believe she's on the steps of the – it's a zoomed-in shot, but it looks like she's on the steps of the U.S. Capitol at a little news conference here. And, you know, she's she's not just talking about – which is bad enough, don't misunderstand me, dismantling – our police forces. She's not talking just about that. She's talking about dismantling a whole lot more. And remember as you're listening to these words, remember as you're listening to these these words, the oath that Representative Elon Omar, radical, radical, radical folks, her ideology, her beliefs are truly the antithesis to the founding of this nation. But see, that's okay now because since we've uh, b- because of this uh, you know the, the racial tensions and because of the issue that the founders uh, you know the the problems that they had with slavery we're prepared to throw everything that the founders created in this nation out the window because it's it's all the the equivalent of the fruit of the poisonous tree right the founders were you know, committed the atrocities of slavery or allowed that to exist in our society. And so anything else that they come up with has to be thrown out as well. We've got to start we've got to start over. That's becoming an acceptable practice. And I want to throw something else I heard into this mix as well, as we are getting ready to listen to Representative Elon Omar here this morning. But I want to add to this. I want to add that in addition to what we're about to listen, there's something else that I think is true, and I heard Dan Bongino mention this yesterday. Now, I'll say I don't listen to other programs, uh, commentators. I'll watch news, and I'll watch some of the so-called journalists try to do what they tell me is news, even though it is commentary. But I don't – look, I want to th- – this program is what I think about stuff. I think that – that that's one of the ways that um, – that's something that I've always really held fast to is that this needs to be you – know, I, I don't want 
in, uh, inadvertently take something that someone else has, has said and, you know, like this um, Sean King Black Lives Matter movement guy has been accused of plagiarizing some things. That's not what this show is going to do. We're not going to go down that path. But So when I do get an idea from someone else, um, I want to, to tell you where I got it from and, and give credit there. But Dan Bongino said that we are quickly approaching, I'm paraphrasing here, we're quick, quickly approaching or we've, had, we've already arrived at the point to where we can't simply um, not pick a side anymore. You know, he, he points out that a lot of folks, you know, people like Dan Bongino, for example, people like me and, and even my family by extension, um, whether they like it or not, you know, by, by being, you know, my wife being married to me, the, the kids, you know, having me as a father, they're stuck with that reality and they can't avoid being tied to politics in some way, even if they don't personally even care or, you know, get involved directly. That's all kind of what it means to be a huff, I guess, in this particular climate. And Dan Bongino said the same thing. You know, he and his family, um, they're involved in this. They follow this. He talks about this. He likes talking about this, but sometimes it can be a lot to deal with. And that is true. It can be a whole lot to deal with when you you know, when you get behind a microphone or get on camera or get on social media, whatever the case may be, and you share your thoughts, it's easy for something to be taken out of context, uh, for a bunch of haters to come after you to try to intimidate you or whatever else that it is. But it's important that these ideas be, you know, these radical left ideas be challenged and that we make a stand against them. But you know, people that engage in this stuff and have these conversations are not necessarily like a lot of everyday people. People may hold conservative principles and values, but yet you know, simply just they're just trying to live a peaceable life. And that's I think that's true for a lot of conservatives. Right? We we have these beliefs, we have these principles that we're trying to adhere to, but we're not gonna you know, I, I've watched videos of these Black Lives Matter protesters. There's a, a church outside of uh, it's a city, and I'm drawing a blank on the city, city in New Jersey. And, I mean, they're not letting the parishioners or the members of the church go in. They've got megaphones that are they're screaming in the ears of the, I don't know if it's just the, the men of the church, the elders of the church, the staff of the church, screaming in their ears and so forth. And, and look, I don't know specifically what this church I'm not suggesting it's doing things good or bad. I'm just simply saying it, it's a church. People go there to worship, and they're being intimidated and screamed down at by these radical protesters saying that the children that go there need to be saved and so forth. And I I can find the, the, the city that they're in maybe during the break. But anyway, I watched several videos on this even last night as I was just looking at what was happening in in society. And we're reaching a point to where – we're going to have to choose a side because what they're doing, what they're doing, these radical elements, whether they're part of Black Lives Matter or whatever it's a part of, whoever, whatever group they're a part of, they are forcing people to have to make a choice. You're either going to have to stand up and say, yes, I identify with this group and I'm not going to cave to the intensity and the pressure and the backlash and the megaphones and the screaming and the accusations or – 
people are going to stop going, in this case, to a church or whatever it is, right? Work at a certain place. That's another thing that they're doing. And so they've they've amped up the pressure. And this is this is new to a lot of people. A lot of people will listen to shows like this. You might, you better be applauding. <laughs> kidding, kidding, not kidding. But applauding or, you know, agreeing with what's being said. But when it comes to standing, um, standing up, that, that's a different feeling, right? It's not just... It's not just that I agree with what's being said. I can go about my business the rest of the day. I have to draw that metaphorical line in the sand and actually face pressure and intensity and sometimes absolute craziness from the other side. Now, many of you do this, you know, aren't, aren't afraid. I'm not implying, but generally speaking, as a whole, there's a lot of this in the conservative movement. That's why people refer to, to conservatism as, you know, kind of a sleeping giant, right? That back in 2010 with Obamacare, the left had awakened the sleeping giant, the silent majority, folks that just live peaceable lives who agree with what's being said in general by conservatives about the role of government and so forth. But yet they don't go out and act, you know, grab their megaphones and scream in people's faces. They don't block the steps of a church building or a business they disagree with. Now, of course, there's always exceptions, but I'm talking in generalities. This is a fair, I think, assessment of of the conservative movement. And and Dan Bongino says the time we're all going to be forced because of of this rhetoric, and again, I'm I'm queuing this up to, to share this, perspective or these comments from Elon Omar but that is the we are going to be forced to make a decision we are going to have to stand up and this is the basis for why I've created CNBU conservative not bettering university as well I want to give people the tools to be able to navigate this it doesn't always have to be tense there's going to come a time when it's going to be tense because these radicals are trained to be radicals the Black Lives Matter movement founders are, as they put it, trained Marxists. This is what they are trained to do. This is These are the tactics they're trained to employ. This is how they go about it. Intimidation, right? Misrepresentation, propaganda. It's what Marxism is. I mean, this is in a nutshell. You, they can't tell you really what it is truthfully. Because if they did, nobody would want to be a part of it. Would you want to be part of an oppressive movement that takes away prosperity and freedom and liberty? Would you want to be a part of that? Would you want to be a part of a movement that you know is responsible for killing over 100 million people in the 20th century alone? These big government, radical, radically left, you know, communist type organizations. That's what Marxism is. It's communist that's what the co that's what the founders the co-founders of black lives matter embrace these are the tactics now there you know individually when you break down the chain and you see an individual protester in your neighborhood they might not embrace that but they have fallen under the umbrella of a openly of an openly marxist organization that also calls at times for violence against police and the outright uh, rejection of the nuclear family, which again, I'm not saying that we can't, 
I mean, the rejection of the nuclear family, folks, this is about as fundamental, fundamental of a, of a, of a wholesome thing that we can have as a foundational component to society. They call for the eradication, the end of that. That's bad. I'm not saying that we can't have alternative types of families. I'm not saying that people can't make difficult circumstances work. I'm not saying that we can't adjust when there's broken families and so forth, but the nuclear family is a good thing. It is a good thing, and it's being rejected. And so we're going to have to pick a side. The days of being able to almost be a chameleon conservative are are over. Right? It reminds me of a, ber- a verse in the Bible when Joshua tells the people, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether it's the gods your forefathers served while they were in Egypt or whatever. Today, I mean, this is paraphrasing here, of course, but this is it, right? This, this Choose. We have to make a choice. We have to take a stand. And the opportunity, uh, the, the time where we can just expect nothing to happen, expect to not have to make a difficult stand, at least at some point, is that those days are over as we're facing revolutionaries, folks, revolutionaries in the streets, revolutionaries in Congress, People who take an oath to uphold, defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all the enemies, domestic, foreign and domestic. These folks are now calling really for the complete eradication of those principles and for something new to be instilled in America. So that is what we're going to talk about next segment. Oz has dutifully told me it's time to take a break a couple times over here, and she would be correct. So I'm going to oblige take a break when we come back i'll play this soundbite from elon omar we'll continue our discussion after the break sit tight see you in just a minute all right welcome back so so we are we are going to share these words from Elon Omar talking about not just dismantling the police force, our system of justice, but also dismantling the U.S. economy and political systems. Folks, here we go. I want you to hear this because we are literally in the midst of a political revolution attempted. An attempted political revolution. Here she is from the steps. It looks like the steps of the Capitol. Maybe it's somewhere in Minneapolis. I don't know. Um, but I just see that she's standing uh, with a couple of folks. It's, it's, a, it's a tight zoomed in picture here. But she's on the steps of some building, some maybe some Capitol. So here we go. As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop the criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. The whole system. The whole system of oppression. So... A lot to digest here. A lot to digest here. Our system is oppressive, they tell us, she tells us here. 
economically, politically. It is oppressive. It's not just enough, she says, to uh, effectively dismantle and reassemble our system of justice. It's also, you know, we also have to undertake the effort of reassembling, dismantling our political system and our system of economics. Now, this is the sort of thing. First of all, this is dangerous. This is, this is again, revolutionary. I don't care how calmly she says this. You know, you don't have to have a megaphone and be screaming in the face of parishioners in a church. I didn't check during the break what what city that was, but we're going to find, I'm going to find this. You don't have to simply, you you don't have to have a megaphone and be screaming these things for them to be considered dangerous. These ideas that she's talking about are, in fact, dangerous. You know, the idea that capitalism is oppressive. She she says here what something about we need to look at who is profiting. Who is profiting in a system of cap? What, what do you mean who is profiting? Now, I don't know that they they don't seem too interested when there's some radical groups involved. They don't seem too interested when George Soros is profiting or his names in the mix. So but they do care about the race of the person who happens to be profiting in our society. Because if of course if a white individual in the radical from the radical perspective of Elon Omar, if a white person profits from a business or whatever in society, then that of course the only the only explanation can be that they're profiting at the expense of some minority. Because slavery, they'll say. And so we can't, look, we can't mess with this anymore. We got to restart. We have to dismantle, they say. We've got to, we got to start back from, from scratch. We got to get back, uh, you know, it, it's all been tainted. We've all, everything that we have has been the result of the tree, the, it, the, the fruit of the poisonous tree, which is a, you know, a term in, in law where, uh, I'm going to oversimplify this if you're an attorney or in the legal field. But basically, if, if law enforcement does something to obtain evidence or get an admission or something um, in a way that's not that, – that, that a court rules is not uh, consistent with how law enforcement should operate. If they, for example, found evidence from a particular crime, alleged crime, where – um, you know, through not having a warrant, and maybe they needed a warrant. Maybe the officers thought, well, that's really in plain sight, and the court ruled, well, it really wasn't in plain sight. You only found it by digging around, or whatever the case may be. Then not only is that evidence inadmissible, anything that you would have found or concluded or discovered after that, from directly from the discovery of that evidence, is considered the fruit of the poisonous tree. And this could, I mean, there's really no end to where that could go, right? So then all that stuff cannot be admitted in the court. And suddenly, even though you may be dealing with someone who's clearly guilty, if you're the prosecutor who you've brought charge, you know, you're bringing charges or trying to bring charges against someone who, in your estimation, is clearly guilty, 
suddenly you got to start throwing out all this evidence and you're stuck with a case that's not real powerful, not real compelling. There's real problems and holes in this. And you start thinking about a skilled defense attorney going into the courtroom and picking holes in your argument because you can't tell the full story because of the fruit of the poisonous tree. You can't tell the things that were found. And I'm not defending. I'm not saying that this shouldn't be the case. I think sometimes it's it's abused or sometimes it's misapplied. But look, it's we have we have liberties. The government is not allowed to simply you know do whatever it wants to convict us of a crime. That's that's an atrocity as well. So I'm not saying that, but I am saying I am saying that it's synonymous to what these radicals are saying, which again is effectively since. The founders, by and large, most of them had slaves since the founders, when they crafted this nation, were wrong on the issue of you know, racial equality. They were wrong on the issue of slavery, uh, slavery, reprehensibly so, right? I mean, it's again, we've been through this every day, I say something like this. So in their minds, it follows that anything else that they created in this nation is effectively the fruit of the poisonous tree something similar to that legal um, that legal idea it, it's being applied here so you got to throw the whole thing out the system of economics got to toss it out the system of liberty this constitution we got to throw all that stuff out I mean that's all that's all been tainted because of this one issue now interestingly enough and I I've I've uh, held back sharing this on on this program, but we had um, we had a conversation at our our church on Sunday Sunday evening where we had uh, people from different uh, perspectives talk about racial equality, which is a good thing. But we we heard some radical things, if I'm being candid with you, um, from some of the folks, and it was a it was a panel that wasn't that our church was endorsing anything that someone was saying it was simply a conversation and um it's you know some of these some of these radical things that are embraced are crazy to me but specifically martin luther king was brought up and it was even admitted by one of the uh, black lives matter i guess supporters or uh, i don't say spokespeople because this individual wasn't a you know position of authority just someone who adhered to the ideology, so to speak, and, and bought into the movement, the organization as a whole. And, you know, he even admitted that Martin Luther King is on tape. Um, according to, to records, we've not heard these this dialogue, but we've seen transcripts of, of this doing some bad things. He left out the worst part, which was he was accused of being present during a rape, not just a womanizer, which is bad, not just having relations with people that weren't his wife, as he was married. But he said, you know, we don't throw out his ideas because of that. And I agree with that, by the way. I agree with that. But yet we have a different principle here when it comes to when it comes to the founders. Because folks, I'm telling you, this is meant to confuse people, but a lot of folks are using in positions of political influence and power, they're using this Black Lives Matter movement to sow discord to sow hatred for this nation, to make people embarrassed to be Americans, to make people embarrassed. This goes back to what we were saying at the, off the top of the program. We're going to have to make individually make stands here that might be uncomfortable for folks. 
but they want you to be embarrassed. They want you to feel like if you stand up for this nation that's founded, you're a racist. You believe in slavery. I mean, that's a false choice. If I've ever, ever heard of that, if I've ever seen a false choice, this is it. Either you believe in slavery or you want to abolish the United States as founded. That's effectively what Elon Omar is arguing here. And remember, she took an oath to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The problem is, the problem is her ideas, and by extension, her herself, have become enemies of the Constitution because of their radical ideology. So really long in this segment, Oz has tried to warn me. I have ignored that, but I cannot, I cannot any longer ignore it because it's time to take a break. So sit tight. We'll get back and continue this discussion. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. I need to tell you right off the top, short segment, excuse me, here, this particular segment, because, yes, I was really long last segment. So now I'm wishing that I had taken Oz's advice and and had taken the break when she had told me the first one or two times. But look, well, this is I, I just wanted to get to that uh, you know that that dis- that part of the discussion. We're we're folks we're witnessing <clears throat> we are witnessing an attempted revolution here. And it's all designed to be confusing. That's tactically and strategically what the left is trying to do here as well. They want us to be confused. In fact, I'm going to play a little bit of this conversation between actor Terry Crews and a journalist, <clears throat> a CNN, Don Lemon. I want you to hear, I mean, Don Lemon plays into this. Don Lemon's a smart guy. Don Lemon knows what's going on here. Don Lemon just doesn't want to pull the curtain back. Don Lemon just doesn't want you to see what's really going on here. He doesn't want to acknowledge it. He doesn't want to, um, he doesn't want people to, to know how the, the sausage is made, right? He doesn't want to give away the secrets. He's going to act dumb here. Not a dumb guy. He's a smart Now, he makes incredibly insane conclusions by embracing radical leftism and ultra-liberalism and all this sort of stuff. Um, of course, being a journalist. Yes, yes, being a journalist is, is what he does. As he not, he's not trying to move the, the needle at all. You know, a journalist doesn't try to move the needle the needle of public opinion in America. He or she tells us what's going on as unbiased, in an unbiased manner as much as humanly possible and then says, do with it what you will, America. That's not at all what CNN is engaged in. It's You talk about a propaganda machine, folks. This is what CNN does. CNN, look, I don't even put MSNBC into this mix. MSNBC is just largely radical. Now, they, they do some crazy stuff. They do some things that they... That are that are a little deceptive, but as a whole, I don't know that anyone holds the water. Uh, yeah, let me say, anyone anyone um, can even come close to competing with CNN on on that in that regard. So we'll play a little bit of this soundbite. But they want you to or this this discussion. They want you. The left wants you to be confused. They they want you to say. So for example, if you say. Hey, I'm just not for the movement Black Lives Matter. They're, what do you mean? What do you mean? This is the problem. 
Todd, black lives do matter. Yeah, well, now we're, we're talking about a specific uh, – the, the, the tagline or the, you know, the, the stated purpose of the organization. But if you read who they are and what they want and what they're trying to do and the way that they are trying to achieve it, that's problematic. Oh, but you don't think black lives matter? See, they want to make it – they want to confuse people. Say, well, Todd, why are you saying black lives don't matter? That's not what I'm saying. I agree that black lives matter. Absolutely. Black lives matter. White lives matter. Oh, you can't say that because now you're trying to take away from their movement. No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you that I believe that all human life matters, that all of it was created in the image of Almighty God. That's what I think. That's what happened. That's reality. And so they want to pigeonhole you. They want to back you into the corner. They want to make you say something that is, can be interpreted as black lives don't matter. And they can say the reason you believe that's because of some implicit bias or whatever, something they've got to try to explain to you. Well, see, Todd, what's really happening here is you've got so many deep, deeply rooted biases, biases, that are deep in your heart, and you don't even know. You don't even know. This is what I had to listen to the other night. You don't even know that they exist. But I'm here to tell you what bias you have. Because, yes, as the great judge and moderator of all things political in this nation, I can tell you God has appointed me. This is, again, the perspective that I have for some of these folks who want to come in and tell you what's wrong with you as though they have nothing wrong with them, their ideology and their perspective. It's as pure as the wind-driven snow in their mind. So if you push back, well, why are you pushing back? The only explanation is you're a racist. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, in what universe? In what universe is this? You know, you're, you're effectively silencing people from expressing their true viewpoints. You're, you're, you're bullying people, intimidating them into saying, look, just I'll, whatever you want to say about me, I'll accept. I'm not going to say anything, you know, because I don't want to be called a racist. And folks, that's, that's pathetic. But it's an effective tool for most people. And that's why I say we're all going to have to figure out that the day, Dan Bongino's right on this, the day of being able to have your political ideas, living your life, you know, being a conservative and not having to, to – to stand firmly for these principles. Folks, when we move towards this revolution that's being waged by the likes of Elon Omar, the opportunities to do that fade away quickly. So anyway, enough on this. When we get back, I want to shift gears. I'm going to have to, we don't have a lot of time left. I want to share something that's a little bit more fun. (laughs) So I'm going to share this experience or this conversation I've been having. It's going to be brief. A lot of this I'm going to have to do next hour, but I want to at least touch on something that uh, is fun and should be um, should be entertaining for you. I got an email from a liberal here a couple of weeks ago, and now it involves head shaving and painting of the head uh, because he and his buddies had a bet, and we've been invited to be a part of this. I had literally nothing to do with this. Now I'm just simply enjoying uh, the, the the fun of this whole thing, but. It's. Uh, I told him he's he's fortunate that he was directed to the conservative, not bitter host, because this could have been much more painful for him had he been directed to other other individuals. But we'll have good old 
old-fashioned, wholesome fun with this, and also talk about some things with, with Doug, our new liberal friend here. But I want to share that story with you. When we get back, you are listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So let's get to this really quickly because this is a lot of fun to me, folks. I love this. I have to tell you, I get, I get a, you know, we we get a decent amount of emails from you or messages on our, uh, through our website, or sometimes I get people calling the Huff Hotline. Different things, right? People, you can text. By the way, you can text the the Huff Hotline too three one seven four five five fifty two fifty. I respond as I. Sometimes I get behind, but I respond to as many of these as possible. But I got this. This may be my favorite, so don't feel bad. There's another one that I got a couple of years ago from a liberal that I also like as well. But I want to share this email I got, and Oz is already telling me it's time to take a break, so I got I to gotta hustle here. I get this email June 26th from Doug. I'm not going to share any other information about Doug. This is what the email reads. Hi, Todd. I was reaching out with a question. My buddies are conservatives and big supporters of Trump. Myself, I'm a liberal. We ended up in a friendly wager that I never thought I'd lose, dot, 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 and I lost. Because of that, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be having my head shaved and painted red, white, and blue and have Trump, Trump 2020, and MAGA painted all over my head. I've put in a request that conservative, not bitter, makes its way onto Doug's noggin as well. But anyway, he continues here. As part of my bet, I also get to reach out to you. And I like how he says this. He gets to reach out to me. He didn't have to reach out to me. He gets to. It's a privilege and an honor. Thank you. I mean, this is my interpretation anyway. Hey, thank you, Doug, for, for being so kind in the way that you, you phrased that. My buddies thought you would love this. Uh, yes, I do. They were hoping you'd want to be involved and have your show involved in some way. I'm here to introduce myself and uh, see if you had any interest in this. Question mark. Please let me know. Question mark. Thanks. Exclamation point. I think that exclamation point was uh, was was used there with some reluctance. Uh, as Doug is, you know, he, he's a good sport. He's a good sport about this. I've talked with Doug. Um, he's he's, there, <laughs> he's going to be getting his head shaved this this weekend, actually. Um, and then, of course, a professional face painter or some such thing is going to be painting his head. There's going to be a videographer involved. They're going to give us the video. We're going to be the ones to release this. I'm actually going to talk with Doug. We're going to talk with Doug, kind of explain. I'm going to share with you. You're going to hear this between now and the end of the week. And... Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. And I told him we're not here to humiliate you. We are to have we're here to have fun. I mean, he's the one that made the bet, not me. You know, you better be sure that if you're going to make a bet, that you can, uh, you know, deliver. That you're going to come out on top. This is the risk of making a bet. And so he's lost that that bet, and so now he has uh, to pay the price. So anyway, that's coming up. Really excited about that. A lot more to that. You'll hear from Doug later in the week, but. Right now, I got to wrap up, take one more break, sit tight, come back in just a minute. 
Welcome back. So we are not able to get to everything this first hour that I wanted to get to. Had to abbreviate a couple of things, the story about Doug. But again, we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little bit later in the week. And also um, next hour, I'm going to go ahead and bump this uh, this conversation between um, between Terry Crews and Don Lemon. There's some things in that that I wanted to hit as well. And there's a lot of other things I want to get to second hour. But you can check out hour number two of the program on YouTube on YouTube. That's where we're streaming. Actually, we should be on Facebook for both hours here in the not-too-distant future. If it's not this week, hopefully it's next week. I've got to make sure the software is working properly so that we can stream to multiple channels at the same time. So anyway, join us on YouTube, Todd Huff Show there. Music telling me it's time to shut up here for hour number one. Be over on hour number two on YouTube in just about five minutes. See you then. SDG. SDG.